are back. Checkers and Wreckers Victory Lap on KFGO.com. My name is Ryan Janke. I am here with Corey Litton. That'd be me. Hey, we're ready to rock and roll for the Friday, March 3rd edition of Checkers and Wreckers Victory Lap. So what happened? We had some ice racing, I think, right? Yeah, Lake Cameron Ice Racing in Erskine, Minnesota. They uh, they uh, just wrapped up the Baja cars for the championship uh, out there. But uh, the point standings kind of look like this. The full-size class, Tim Coava, has 742 points. He is the point leader. He's had a great season out there. He is dominating the points right now. In second, 22S, Tyler Scow, 618 points. In third, it's the 11V of Jimmy Venom with uh, 612 points. And the Baja cars, again, like we said, they wrapped up their uh, season. The WD-40 of Max Anderson is the point leader and uh, champion, I believe, with 403 points. In second, 92 Mason Sheelan, 385 points. In third, the 87 of Hunter Cardinal with 378 points. What's next for them? Season championship will be Saturday, March 4th. That'll be tomorrow. It'll be at noon out there in Erskine, Minnesota on Lake Cameron. So if you want to go out there and check it out, it's wild. Uh, I, I mentioned it uh, talking on, uh, on on the uh, live show with uh, with the morning crew the other day about how they'll do like a three wide start, but they'll be like eight wide when they come uh, come down to the green flag. It's it is it is crazy. I it, heard yeah, I, I was listening on my way in that day. That <laughs> sounds like a blast. It's it, it is awesome, and uh, I'll be out there hopefully uh, checking that out for the final race of the year. They do a double a double like show. They do they run uh they run two complete shows for the the full size class and they get it done like in like three hours. So oh, I mean that's not bad at it's all. Perfectly awesome. You get to see two winners throughout the whole uh whole day. Yeah. Nice. Okay, it's winter views time. We've got Jason Tennis on the phone. Jason is from Garfield, Minnesota. He is an unretired Wissota modified driver with over one hundred wins. Jason, welcome to Checkers and Wreckers Victory Lap. Hey, how are you guys doing? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Thanks for uh, taking some time with us here today uh, to start off with and, uh, you know, clearing the schedule and uh, letting us call you here at work and everything like that. Uh, so, Jason, uh, where does this story start with you as far as racing? How far back do you go in the uh, the racing business? Oh, wow. Um, well, as a fan, it started when I was old enough to understand. So, two, three, four years old. Um <laughs> And then I was a fan and pit crew member for my cousin. And I, my, my uncle owned a car, Dave Tennis. He owned a car for years. And Dennis Bitson drove it. And uh, eventually my cousin, Rick Tennis, started driving. And so I always was working on their cars. And then uh, I told my dad we should buy a car. And he told me, he goes, well, that's great, other than you're the oldest of four kids. So you go buy a car and I'll help you. <laughs> <laughs> he said he didn't have enough money to go around to buy four race cars. So that was kind of how that went. So when uh, when you got started, you did, you just you weren't messing around. You went right into uh, the modified division, right? That's true. Yes, um, I actually looked at a at a, a local street stock uh, guy had a car for sale, and he didn't really want a whole lot of money, and he ran pretty well. So I thought we'd take a look at that, and I don't know, it seemed like a good way to get into the sport. And then um, you know got talking and all of a sudden scott atkinson someone said he's got a car that he raced like 10 times it's a it's a new j car you know leaf springs and all back in those days <laughs> and uh they said he wanted like what i thought was pretty fair money so 
we gave him a call and he's like, yeah, yep, I'm changing. He was going late model racing and he had done pro fours before that and he's going late model racing. So he made us a pretty good deal. And I was going to race Midwest mods every Friday in Montevideo. Uh, working down in Morris at the time, Morris, Minnesota. It was only like an hour away from there. So I was like, oh, this will work good. Leave work a little early on a Friday, go race. Life will be good. Well, we didn't get out of Little Falls, which is where Scott Atkinson is from. And my dad's like, you know, you could probably just save a whole lot of headache. We can just buy it. We can put together a motor for a modified. You can just run in the back, run in Alexandria. It's 10 minutes from our shop. And, uh, I mean, what the heck, you know, we, they don't have, the, the long story short there was they didn't have Midwest modified yet in Alexandria. So I didn't have the option to run them out. So anyway, we didn't get 10 minutes out of Little Falls and we'd already decided we'll try modified. And, uh, it was a, probably a good idea. So when you got involved in, uh, in racing, when you jumped into that modified division in at Viking Speedway, I mean, how many, there's a lot of guys that are in the hall of fame that you raced against like right away. Like you, you, you jumped in at a time when some of the toughest modified drivers in the nation were racing there. So was that kind of intimidating at all to you? It was very intimidating because we were racing. As you said, there's a lot of hall of famers that race in Viking speedway. And a lot of those guys ran good in your guys' neck of the woods at Red River Valley and we town. So I had like guys like Ryan music, Dave Stork, Scott Hillick, Scott Van Ziesen, Dennis Ditson. You know, we'd get Mike Bruns would come come visit us in Alexandria, and he was a hot shoe in Fargo. Uh, we had Jay McDonald, who ran both tracks. Um, so, yes, it was a little intimidating, but uh, I had a really good uh, – had some really good teachers between my Uncle Dave, Dave Tennis, and my dad, Don Tennis. They, uh, they were some pretty good teachers. The car – they assured me the car would handle and it did. Um, and I just had to learn a few things like how deep to drive into a corner or how deep not to drive into a corner, but uh, a lot of good, a lot of good people giving me information. So, um, and the one thing that will always stand out to me and Corey will love to hear this is my dad said I was in a heat race and I would start behind Dave Stork and it was like my fourth race, fourth night out. He goes, just follow him. Just do whatever he does. He's the smoothest driver out there. He wins a lot. Just follow him. Just try to follow him. And that's what I did. And uh, it was probably one of the best pieces of advice I ever got. Yeah, and well, and you definitely learned how to run the high side at that point too, probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> well, that was back in the time when we would get a pretty fun cushion to run, you know. Like I said, we were on Leaf Springs. This was like 98, the end of the summer of 98. Uh, and it was actually the Douglas County Fair in Alexandria. It was my first ever night in a car in 98. So there was, it was mid to late August. But they would build a cushion, and Leaf Springs didn't handle like the cars did now. So there was only a few guys that could run that bottom. Scott Dan Zeezen being one of them. Uh, Ryan Music seemed to find his way around the bottom pretty good. But the long and short was is uh, – the cushion kind of held the end, but I still found a way over it a few times before I learned. <laughs> and you know, that's a long way when you go up and over the the uh, the edge of the corners over there at uh, at Viking Speedway, especially. I mean, it, when you go up and over that 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 corner, I mean, you, you're falling down a pretty good size hill when you get on that back side of that banking, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Three and four has got a lot of grass, 
and I, I cut down on the uh, maintenance guy's mowing time because I just took care of half of it for him about every week. So, <laughs> so you know, uh, like I said, I, Scott Dan Zeesman was in the middle of his big run at that time where he was winning every track championship out there at the Viking Speedway when you kind of you kind of jumped in there and you know the the Viking Speedway fans are they're a different animal. You know uh, I've I know I had a lot of fun hanging out with them when I'd go out there and watch, especially right when you first started racing too. But you know when Dan Zeeson was winning, he was getting booed a lot. So did you think that because of him, you got a bunch of fans right away because of the fact that everybody hated him <laughs> in the stands out there? Well, with all due respect to Scott, Scott was a hell of a driver. Clean. Actually, I always considered him one of the cleanest. He hated donuts on his car. He hated dents. But he was definitely the guy who raised the bar for us. He, uh, But, yes, for some reason, I don't know what it was. I, 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 he always – you know, Scott had a pretty good mentality. You don't go to the track to make friends. You bring your own, and that's what he did. So he always had a good crew. Um you know, back then, pushing and shoving and, and, and smack talk was, I, I don't, it was a, it was not the, it was a thing. So you, the more people you brought, the better your chances were that, to get left alone. And he always had a pretty good crew. And, uh, but yeah, I would say 100% sure uh, what you said is 100% right. I, uh, I was probably one of the few guys or one of the first guys that really gave him a run for his money. So I had 10% of the crowd because there's a hundred tennises every week in alexandria <laughs> and that's just because we have a large family so i had a, i had 10 percent of the crowd with family friends um scott had 10 percent of the crowd um, he, he brought all of herman with him herman. yeah yeah they brought a, i remember one time i think they brought a bus i'm not kidding <laughs> I, think so they, I think it was so they could all get a ride home safely and i and they did bring a bus um that's that's I just being responsible right there <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it got a little rowdier that night, but that was worth it. And then, uh, but then, yeah, there was the other eighty percent, and I think the other eighty were just tired of him winning nonstop. So I gained, I gained most of those because we could give him a run for our money, and it took a while to to get there, but we we eventually did be able to compete with him, and and and, and he would beat us, and I would beat him on occasion. And it got to be uh, him and I never had no problems, but. Uh, there was there was either you either loved him or you hated him it seemed like so but uh i actually just texted him a couple weeks ago scott and uh he did an interview with bryce hall and uh i thought it was really cool and uh i just told him i was thought it was awesome and uh thanks for raising the bar on us so very very good guy yeah and you know he's he's one of my favorites too from when i was growing up i mean it was it's tough to find somebody that really wasn't a good racer to cheer for out there in that that era of of modified racers, like you said, with the Dave Storks and and uh, Scott Hilligs and Ryan Music, and, and you know, and you coming in there too, right along that time. I mean, that just had to had to feel really good when when you kind of ascended to the level their level, didn't it? Oh my gosh, yeah, I never imagined to be truthful. I mean, in my dreams, yes, but never. I mean, the, my first few nights in a car, and I ain't kidding you when I say this, it could be a bright, sunny day without a cloud in the sky. It'd be time for a heat race, and the butterflies would start start flapping their wings. <laughs> and I'd sit there, and I'd look up, and like, oh, maybe it could just rain. <laughs> I was, I was kind of half scared to death, uh, nervous, didn't want to screw up. 
Um, you know, and then when you come with a background of racers that my family is involved with and how many wins the number 52 already had behind it before I got into it, I probably put some pressure on myself that, that didn't need to be there. But, uh, I mean, you weren't, uh, that number and that name wasn't affiliated with, 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 uh, medi- being mediocre, mediocre, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I, re- I still remember from back in the, uh, with the, the old street stock days back when it was Chevelles versus Camaros and, uh, racing at a wee town and, and, uh, and out of, and, uh, of Viking speedway as well. And I, yeah, that car was always, always a winner and you jumped into it and you didn't really, you, you didn't, you definitely didn't give it a bad name when you got into it. So, I mean, that's got to feel pretty good, doesn't it? Oh man, that felt great. Uh, like I said, that first few nights was a little bit shaky and then, uh, we raced a little bit in Alexandria, a little bit down in Madison, Minnesota that first year. So I probably got about six, seven races under my belt. And then we came out in the 99 season and we made Tech Shed the second night out and the third night out. And uh, I think it surprised, well, it surprised myself and a lot of other people, but I had a lot of good talks with my cousin Rick just uh, over the winter. And he, I just built up some confidence, I guess. And um, all of a sudden we were, by mid-season, we were competing, and we dang near pulled off a win in Alec on the final night that year. And I got along Scott Van Zeezen my first full year, and uh, I ended up second, started like 13th. It was the best race at my at that time for me, period. And uh, and then the next year, my, my second full year, we, we won three or four races between Madison and Alec. So it was uh, a lot of a lot of uh, – I guess a lot of relief to, to get get those wins out of the way just because like i said that 52 always had they always had stickers and trophies man that was the thing so. <laughs> jason tennis is our guest right here on uh on checkers and wreckers victory lap on kfgo.com uh jason let's talk about that first win i mean uh when you when you got that first win how did that feel like do you do you, how much do you remember from that race for one and and how did it feel it was a very good day. It was Father's Day, and me and my dad, Don Tennis, was the uh, reason I raced, and there, and he helped me with every single thing on that car and provided the shop. So to win the first race on Father's Day, it was Sunday in Madison, was quite quite a deal. Um, actually getting a little bit of chills talking about it. But yeah, I ran that race. Um, I believe I started in the second row, and I passed J.J. Schulke take the lead probably about midway through and uh i ran a really good race till two to go and then i don't know what happened i started thinking too much you know and the next thing i know i got scott ward on the bottom and dave stork on the top and we come to the white and i still had the lead and i just i just drove it into one and two as hard as i possibly could um i later watched the video and i pulled away from him by two three car lengths and uh overdrove into three and four gave him a chance back at it but i beat him I had one on each side of me about a, uh, at each quarter panel, and uh, but it didn't matter. It's a win, so <laughs> life was good. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's an inch or a mile. You you, you got the win, and that's all that matters. Uh, so, Jason, uh, you know, you've, you, uh, you retired for a little bit. Um, now, what, what made you retire, to be honest with you? There was a lot of things. Uh, one, sometimes uh, Kyle Bush just said it the other day. Sometimes you start to doubt yourself and maybe you shouldn't. 
there was a little bit of that, just a little self-doubt. Um, I had been in the car business for 28 years, and at that time, I'd been in the car, car business about 25 years, and um, it was requiring more time, more effort, and I just felt like I was running out of steam, and uh, thought maybe it would reduce some stress. And I thought I thought I I did everything I needed to do racing anyways. So I was just kind of looking for a little, little, you know, little stress relief. Thinking getting out of a car would be a good good thing. I could relax more on my downtime, and it was the exact opposite. <laughs> the uh, I was at the races more than I wasn't anyway. Um, I did drive a couple times that first year, but that first year was a COVID year. Yeah. So it was really easy. I mean, they didn't start racing until almost July. Uh, I jumped in. It was uh, Don Shaw's super stock. His his uh, crew guy, Chad Schimmelfenning, took care of it. And then Tim Johnson eventually drove it. But I drove that a couple times that year. I drove uh, the limited late model for Rock Johannic one night in Alexandria. Should have won the race, but I, I hit a tire. So that would have been cool, but I didn't. Um and then uh, I ran a couple nights in my brother's second. He had a, he had two modifieds, so I ran a couple nights um, Labor Day weekend during the fall lineman race. I did hop in, so I I got in the car four or five times that first year. So it was wasn't too bad. The second year is when when it really started to hit, and uh, I'm just like you know the car counts were in the ten to fifteen some nights between Viking and I ninety four, and I'm like you know. I could have a car and just run Saturday night and there's 12 or 13 cars. There's nights we get 20, but I'm like, yeah, I could run the top five, you know, and don't have to put in, don't have to race two and three nights a week anymore. So I started thinking that, started thinking that. And then my buddies got after me and you know, the rest was kind of history and ended up talking to Jimmy Mars at the Wissold 100 that fall. And uh, you get talking to him and, you know, he gave me some good advice too. He just said, you got to find balance, Jason, find the balance between work, racing and, and life. And, uh, he said, it, you, you'll be fine. And, uh, so I bought a car from him and we started back racing last year. Now uh, backtracking just a little bit. Uh, there's a lot of, a lot of tennises that, that race right now. The, the, the tennis family's a big involvement in racing right now. How, how many other, how many other family members do you have that race right now? Oh, man. Let's see. We'll have to count them here. So we got myself, my brother, my nephew, which would be my, bro- my brother, Josh Tennis, his son, Talon Tennis, is my nephew. So there's three right there. Then we got Avery Anderson, who's his mom, or his stepmom, is my cousin. So there's four. Madison Swenson is my first cousin. There's five. Um, we got Matt Tennis, who's my cousin. So there's six. And then Matt's sister, Megan, her boyfriend, Tony Schill races. So there's seven. And I feel like I'm leaving somebody out and I shouldn't be, but I, I'm trying to think. Uh, so there's seven, eight, nine of us every night. I, I forgot somebody. I really feel bad, but I think that kind of about sums it up. But there's nights in Alec. There was a night in Alec where Tony came, They Tony Schill and Megan, they live down in the cities and they came back. They came, they came to uh, Ferguson, Alexander for a weekend. So, and Matt was there, my cousin Matt and all everybody. We, I think we had eight or nine cars lined up in a row. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's pretty much all of the, uh, uh, all of the uh, area right when you walk into the pits uh, out there in Alexandria Viking Speedway. 
Uh, you guys pretty much all had that one thing lined up between you, and then you know, of course Kraus is always Jeff Kraus is always sitting next to you too. Yeah. So yeah. So we got the tennis clan. Then there's the Kraus clan. So we got Jeff Kraus, John Kraus, and now John's brother Joey Kraus, who's at his birthday today. So happy birthday, Joey! Uh, he bought Madison's short tracker, my cousin Madison's short tracker, and uh, he's going to start racing. So they'll have seven, eight tennises, three Krauses. And then you got the Bitsons, which is there's three or four of them. So it's uh, just kind of family after family right down the pit road there. Well, all right, Jason Tennis is our guest right here on uh, Checkers and Records Victory Lab, KFGO.com. Uh, Jason, when you uh, unretired and got back into uh, racing a modified, um, that's when you picked up your 100th win. Now, did the 100th win feel just as good as the first win, or is it any kind of different at all? Well, uh, it actually, I didn't even realize it was my hundredth win. I kind of forgot about it. Uh, one of my buddies brought it up when we were, uh, I think it got brought up in victory lane by one of my relatives. Then one of my good buddies came down after the race and he's like, that's a hundred. So I kind of forgot about it, but it felt really, really good because it was my first win back in the seat after taking a couple of years off and it was early June. So it didn't take a lot of time to get back to victory lane. And, um, so just to get the, get the monkey off my back felt just amazing. I mean, I was pretty pumped. And then when it clicked, it was 100 wins. And, oh, my God, my best, one of my best friends, his wife is one of, the, uh, one of the board of directors at Viking. And their baby was only like four or five weeks old. And she had the baby down there next to me. She's like, do you want to take her? I'm like, sure. So we had a brand-new baby in Victory Lane. We had my nephews on the roof, me and my dad. And, just uh, when we win in Alec, it's a family deal because of the way the victory lane's set up. You know, it's right in the pits. We have all our family in the pits. So my nephews and my younger cousins all know when we win, get in there, get on the car, just don't <laughs> step too far back and wreck the roof. But this is a family deal. And, uh, you know, you never know when the next one's coming or if it's coming. So when you do get one, regardless if it's for 500 to win, 5,000, 10,000, it's going to be a little party if, if, if we're there. So, uh, obviously, a lot of your, of your success came in the Wissota Modifieds, but uh, have you raced anything else? Yeah, I ran, I've actually ran, I ran late models for four years, I think it was. Um, that was back in the mid-2000s. So, we ran both mod and late model. And then, uh, I want to say it was 2006, I actually ran Jeff Krause's Superstock, I ran the Uncommon USA Modified, and I ran my late model at the Fall Classic. And I think we got third with the mod, third with the super, and fifth with the late model. So it was a, it was a lot of laps that day, but it was fun. <laughs> yeah, and it's – so just for, for a lot of people around this area, we don't have a half-mile track anymore. The closest one is out at Viking Speedway in Alexandria. What's it like driving a track that's that big? To me, I can't believe more people don't race it. Um, when I got a race car, I didn't go. I didn't buy a race car to go 60, 70 miles an hour. I wanted, I wanted a race car that would go 100 plus. And, you know, we get going at some speeds that some of the shorter tracks don't get me wrong. But at Viking, even on its track is slow, you know, you're averaging 80 plus miles an hour on average. So I feel like you're in a race car, you know, and it's, uh, yeah, it's big. It's and it's fast, 
it's technical too and i just i just think it's one of the funnest tracks to go and when you get out of the car you, you went you know you went fast you know and that was kind of my thing and, and uh thoroughly enjoy the big track and I think it's a great to learn on and it's got a lot of forgiveness and if you shoot in too hard go off the end it's 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 not too bad of a landing so it's uh there's no wall there so that helps for the beginners especially so uh obviously you know going that fast have you had any really bad accidents in your in your racing career I was pretty lucky I had one bad one in Madison and it was early in my early on when I started racing, and I wrecked the car. I destroyed it. Um, it's just a circumstance. It was nobody's fault. It was just how it went. Some guys got bunched up, and I somehow climbed the back stretch wall, just trying to avoid them. And the right rear tire grabbed the wall and lifted the back end of the car up, and the front nose dug in, and I went for a ride. And uh, other than that, I've been very, very, very lucky. Um, uh, one other time I did try to take the wall down in Wilmer at the old KRA Speedway. <laughs> and I got a little help on that one. It was also just a racing deal. But when I hit, the car stopped. <laughs> and then uh, um, my dad said, ooh, he thought that might hurt. And then one of my good buddies, Chad Knapp, we actually referred to him as one of my brothers. He was with my dad, and he goes, oh, that ain't good. And my dad goes, I think he's all right. I've seen the gloves come flying out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at so, least you still had your uh, at least you still had your temper. <laughs> well, I was more frustrated with just what happened, not 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 how it happened, just the fact that I knew as hard as we hit the car, you know, wasn't gonna get uh, we weren't gonna race it again for a while. So that was the frustration part, and you know, it just but yeah, the gloves came flying out the deck, and my dad goes, "Yeah, I think he's all right." <laughs> <laughs> So obviously we talked about the first win. We talked about the 100th win. Um, do you have any other wins that kind of stand out to you as as far as, you know, what what's one of those that you can look look at the trophy shelf and go, oh, yeah, that one right there. I, li- I like that win right there. Uh, what, what what kind of wins do you have that are like that, that you can – or what, what's, what would you say is your bi- biggest win of your career? Biggest win? Man, that's going to be a toss-up. Mod Nationals in Alexandria, the first one, was a big one. Um, but, uh, winning the Wasoto 100 in Aberdeen, there was, I don't remember, 70, 80 cars. Me and Steve Arpin went side by side for 10 laps during the dash. And then, uh, him and I started front row for the feature and, uh, he took off. And I mean, when I say he took off, he had a straightaway and a half, which I know isn't a lot at Aberdeen, but he had close to half a track lead, but it was a long race. And, uh, the track slowed down and he, he, he was, his car was set for the, for the stick and the grip and track started to slow down. You got some late race yellows and about six, seven to go. I got by him and I, I got that win. And that's, that's a big one too. Um, and we we're so lucky to uh, be in situations. We, we raced a lot of tracks and a lot of specials and we luckily won a few of them, but those, those those two are the, probably the top two, but there's I've got a top ten that's for sure. But those are the top. That's a pretty good one right there, uh, Jason. Uh, you know this isn't the end of tennis uh, racing or anything, or any tennis is coming into racing. I hear there's another one coming up here very soon, isn't there? Well, I mean, which one? <laughs> <laughs> 
I hear there's some go-karts in the future and uh, uh, from uh, some other family members of yours. Yes, yes, yes. So Zane Tennis, which would be my godson, that's Megan's son. And then his dad is is Ryan Flotten. So Jeff Flotten would be his grandpa. Um, and then uh, Zane's godmother is Tara was Flotten. She's now married to James from Seatsman, who's one of my sponsors from JNS uh, Small Engine. He just built him a go-kart engine. So Zane's been doing a little snowmobile racing, but yeah, the go-karts are coming around too. And uh, I don't, I don't see any end in sight with the, uh, with the tennis lunch and racing. Well, I mean, yeah, like we've been kind of uh, establishing here in this interview. I mean, the tennis name is always, uh, you know, deeply rooted in the uh, history of Viking Speedway, especially in uh, the uh, West Central racing area out there. Uh, Jason, um, before we let you go here, uh, I mean, who all helps you out and everything like that? Who would you like to thank here? Well, I got a few people I want to thank and I'll make it short and quick, but one of them is my dad, Don Tennis, um, Jeff Holty, my uncle, or we refer to him as my uncle. Um, they're always helping me out whenever they can, but then I got some really good sponsors. I got, uh, I've got to thank Chase Johnson. He owns executive sanitation and Jetline sales. Um, they're very helpful. Um, Jamison Seatsma, JNS Small Engine, Jamie Johnson from J&J Excavating, Ben Hentges from Highway Amico. They're over in Evansville, Minnesota, and it's right on our way to the track when we go to Fergus. So we always stop and, and get our fuel there and our goodies for the night. Uh, Walters Insurance Services, he's a good friend of mine. Dustin Walters helps us out. Um, new to the car this year, um, Skid Pro, skidpro.com. They're, uh, they sell skid steer attachments, and I've been actually working with them during the day as my day job. So they're coming new to the car this year, and uh, so make sure and check those guys out, skidpro.com. got to thank Ben Hartwell and Josh Sandin for giving me a chance with that. And we got Miller Lite that keeps us happy after the races, and uh, MB Customs. MB Customs, uh, Jimmy Mars, AJ, Aaron, the parts guy that keep me running, and then Chris Mars. And Mark Girth are the they got the CMD shocks, which is part of MB Customs as well. And my uncle Dave Tennis from TRE Race Parts, he always uh, he's always there when they need something. He helps us out, uh, make sure we got what we need when we need it. So uh, without those guys, it would be not even feasible. Yeah, it's it's been real awesome. Uh, thank you for uh, taking some time here with us today. Uh, Jason, uh, we wish you the best of luck. It, it, what are the plans for the next uh, season? Are you still going to be an unretired Wissota Modified driver? Yeah, no, we're getting the car ready. Uh, yeah, we'll run Fergus Falls on Friday night, Alexander and Saturday. We're going to try and sneak out to a couple other tracks this year. Last year, I just did those two, um, trying, trying to keep that balance we talked about. And um, But, yeah, I'm very excited. we got to get this snow to be, uh, you know, it's a word I can't say, but it's bleep deep around here. So, um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it don't see the end in sight, but you know, another month will, will be surprising how much snow will be gone, but yeah, just another year with soda modified racing and, and hoping hit Lisbon on a few Thursday nights, maybe over KRA on a Thursday night or two and, and, uh, just keep digging. I know there's uh, Buffalo River Speedway's got a, a Wasota modified net out there. Is that in the uh, in the cards possibly for you? Well, now that I'm aware of it, that's the first I knew about it. There's a very good chance. 
That's not that far down the road for us. No, not really. No, straight drive pretty much. Uh, but yeah. 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 Um, again, Jason, thank you very much for taking some time with us here today. We appreciate you uh, rearranging your schedule uh, and coming on here today. So uh, thanks again, man. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Thanks a bunch. Awesome. Thanks, Jason. All right. And then moving on to NASCAR, we had some action in California. That's right, Sunday, February 26th, the Pala Casino 400 at Auto Club Speedway in Fontana. I've been to the Pala uh, Casino. I I worked uh, worked out in San Diego area, Pala, especially uh, many years ago, uh, doing uh, uh, motocross. I was running camera the whole entire time, and we were right across the street from the Pala Casino. Really? The Cal Classic is uh, the event that I worked in. How long were you out there for? Uh, it was it was about a week. Oh, okay. Um, I got a lot of great stories about what we did on the days off, but uh, I won't, <laughs> we won't go into those. Casino's pretty awesome. Um, but it's the last uh, last race on that configuration of Auto Club Speedway in Fontana that uh, Roger Penske made in the mid nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, the the two mile racetrack. They're gonna make basically a a little over a like six tenths of a mile. Okay. Track out of the current configuration they have at the front straightaway. Okay. And NASCAR went and um, NASCAR owns that track. That is one of the ones that like the the same group that owns Daytona, the, the NASCAR group. Sure. The, the people that aren't Bruton Smith's family. Okay. Um, own that one. Um, and they're they're reshaping the track, and they actually sold off a lot of the land, and they sold it for I think like five hundred million dollars. Really? Like half a billion dollars. Wow. That is more than what Roger Penske paid for Indianapolis Motor Speedway and IndyCar. Wow, all together to buy that. So that I think I think they're going to do okay. Um, it's, <laughs> <laughs> they might make it. And they're still leasing the land for parking and everything like that too. But uh, into the race, stage one. Alex Bowman took the lead right at the drop of the green flag just before the uh, competition caution on lap fifteen. Defending race winner Kyle Larson made an unscheduled stop for what they thought was engine troubles but turned out to be electrical issues. Uh, Larson's crew was able to make repairs and continue many laps down. Uh, Ross Chastain took the lead. That's your guy right there. He took that the lead. Is. He, he was really strong all day, uh, I will say. Uh, as, as Kyle Busch, Ryan Blaney, and Alex Bowman put on a pretty good show for third on behind them. With 35 laps remaining in the first stage, Ryan Blaney took over the lead. Yes. Uh <laughs> <laughs> so there, so you're sell, you're telling me there's a chance. Uh, with 24 laps remaining in stage uh, one, uh, Brad Keselowski spun on the back straightaway after contact with Corey LaJoy, bringing up the caution flag. That would be a common theme: the contact with Corey LaJoy for cautions. Um, the, after a push start, Keselowski was able to continue on. Blaney won the race off a of pit road. Kyle Busch was caught speeding. Uh, then Ross Chastain took the lead on the restart with his trackhouse teammate Daniel Suarez running in second. Chastain held on to win the stage with Blaney finishing second, Suarez third, Bowman fourth, and Denny Hamlin finishing in fifth. And after that, we go on to stage two. Stage number two, Blaney had a disastrous pit stop at the stage break. Still and mad. It, yeah, and it cost him a lot of spots, and his day did not improve from there. Chastain won the race off pit road with Suarez in second, but Suarez was caught speeding. Joey Logano pushed Hamlin to the lead on the restart and quickly took the lead a lap later just as the caution came out for the fourth time for A.J. Allmendinger spinning into the infield wall off of turn number two. Martin Truex Jr. had problems on his pit stop resulting in the 
his left front tire falling off. Just two laps into the next run, Tyler Reddick got into the back of Corey LaJoy, spinning him into the infield grass, causing the fifth caution flag of the race. The restart saw the largest wreck in Auto Club Speedway. That's right. It was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Leader uh, uh, Joey Logano did not did not go, causing a stack up behind him, uh, involving Brad Keselowski, Eric Almirola, uh, Ryan Blaney was involved in that. Christopher Bell, Justin Haley, Todd Gilliland, Ryan Priest, Tyler Reddick, Cody Ware, and Ty Dillon. That's a lot of cars. That's a lot of cars. Ross Chastain, however, retook the lead around the halfway point and built up over a six-second lead as he won stage number two. Kyle Busch finished second, Joey Logano third, Kevin Harvick fourth, and Daniel Suarez was fifth. And then the race to the finish. Well, Kevin Harvick won the race off a of pit road over Kyle Busch and Joey Logano to start the race's final segment. Kyle Busch took off into the lead on the start as Austin Sindrick bounced off the wall in turn four. Uh, Ty Dillon, he slowed and was unable to make it to the pits, bringing out the caution with 60 laps remaining. At the drop of the green, Logano threw a slider on Busch and Chastain to take the lead, but while the dicing, when the dicing was done, Chastain jumped into the lead. Again, like I said, he was tough all day. He looked really good. Uh, and, and, uh, but unfortunately Bush, actually Bush was shuffled back several spots on the restart, but was able to rebound and run down Chastain to challenge for the lead with 50 laps remaining. Bush remained in the back pocket of Chastain as they broke away from the pack. And as the leaders caught traffic, Bush decided to strike, taking the lead with 34 laps to go. A lap later, it was time for pit stops. Michael McDowell stayed out as long as he possibly could during that pit cycle, hoping for a caution flag so that he would be the only car in the lead lap. <laughs> But uh, uh, it, it didn't work out in, the, in his favor out there. Uh, Bush was able to run him down here to take the lead with 21 laps remaining. Bush walked away from everyone for the remainder of that race to get the win by nearly four seconds over Chase Elliott, Ross Chastain, Daniel Suarez, and Kevin Harvick. The win, um, and you, you're going to hear it in the, uh, in the clip at the end, the win made it 19th straight year in a row with a win. In NASCAR's top division, breaking Richard Petty's mark of 18, Bush's 61st career win, fifth at Auto Club Speedway, first with Richard Childress Racing, which is a big thing, and uh, the 114th win for uh, Richard Childress Racing. With his 61st win and his brother Kurt's 24 wins, they now pass Bobby and Donnie Allison for the most wins by brother in brothers in NASCAR history. And the craziest thing about it was the crowd didn't boo them. They did not. The, the boo birds were not... We're not out that day. Hey, let's listen to that, uh, the final lap called from NASCAR.com. And the white flag waves. One lap to go, sponsored by Credit One Bank. It's official. Get this thing back around there. Credit One. What? Which one? What? Who did I pick? Tony, who, who did I? Well, who picked first? <laughs> he is the chosen one that always gets picked first. That Richard, man, I'm telling you right now, he ain't taking his eyes off this thing. He don't count them chickens till they hatch. Chase Briscoe just ahead, 20 cars on the lead lap. And Kyle Busch can pretty much coast at home from here. What may be the final super speedway NASCAR race ever in Southern California. RCR, baby. Goes to Kyle Busch. That's right. How about you, RCR and everybody? Kyle Busch, unbelievable. Randall Burnett, them girls right there, everybody's on end. It's a big win, huge win. Richard Childress Racing and Chevrolet. 
61st career win for Kyle Busch, ninth on the all-time win list, and he now, by himself, holds the record for consecutive cup seasons with a victory, 19. All right, in the uh, points standings right now, after two races, Ross Chastain in the one car is your point leader with 92 points. Joey Logano in second in the 22 car, 91 points. In third is the 48 of Alex Bowman with 80 points. In fourth, it is Kevin Harvick, 79 points in car number four. In fifth, 99, Daniel Suarez with 15, uh, uh, behind them, uh, 15 points uh, behind them. Uh, and, you know, looking at this in the top, in the top five, you have two drivers from tra- Trackhouse, mm-hmm. an upstart team, which I think is, that's got to be one of the stories of the of this year so far already. Yeah. I know it's only two races deep, and you can't really count Daytona because it's such a wild card, but yeah. But you look at the at Trackhouse and how how good they've been yeah. already, and yep. that's that's got to be it's kind of a breath of fresh air. You yeah. know, we're always used to the Hendricks and the Penskes right. and the Childress and Childress a little bit, uh, but more just Hendrick and Penske. Right, and, and now you got you have another contender coming in there from someone that's basically outside of yeah. of that 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 uh, NASCAR royalty kind of thing. Yep. Out of outside the good old boys club. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yep. how long has it been since it hasn't been Hendrick and Penske in the top? That's a long or, time. Or Gibbs along mm-hmm. with that, too. So that's, that's a good thing because that'll get some eyes on this sport going, you know what? They can do it. Yeah. Why can't we? So right. that's, uh, that's, a, that's a cool thing to see this early in the season. That's Like I said, it's going to get us a lot, of, a lot of attention in the NASCAR this year. That's good times. Uh, next up will be Sunday, March 4th, Pennzoil 400, presented by Jiffy Lube at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway, 2.30 p.m. on Fox. Oh. Uh, another racetrack I'm, I'm kind of familiar with. Yeah, I, I like that one. I've been but, next to it. That's cool. <laughs> I've driven into the racetrack before when we probably shouldn't have, but <laughs> ah, whatever. Screwing around a little bit one day um, <laughs> while we were working at the dirt track next door. Yeah, that's that's that'll be a you know that'll be a good one. They've been getting uh, the racing has been getting better out at uh, at Vegas, so looking to be a pretty good one here. I know uh, looking at the the ratings and stuff. I think I believe they drew. I think it's like four million viewers for this last race, which is really. You know, it's a drop off. Obviously, Daytona's always going to have yeah, a, a big well, number, it's Daytona. and and uh, they had ten million viewers on there. Mm-hmm. And I believe, uh, I believe there was four million in this last one here, and we'll see if that drops off anymore. Uh, it's on Fox, so it's going to be on network television. Yep, which means that it's going to have the the benefit of that, which means people actually can see it. Right, uh, and, and but, it's and it's at two thirty or thereabouts. Or yeah. <laughs> they were they were better at getting started on time in this last one. It wasn't a it wasn't a all right race is going to start at two thirty, but we have five different video packages we got to show you. Plus, we got to talk about it for a long time yeah. in the middle of it. So oh, yeah, good it, time. That is the Super Bowl of NASCAR. So. All right. Yeah. All right, spoilers. What do you got for us this week? Well, uh, I've been watching the show Poker Face, which is uh, just started on uh, Peacock. Um, is that with Lady Gaga? Uh, no. Oh, not quite. Oh, um, something else. It's a it's a good little show out there. It's about a 40, 48 minutes per show somewhat, uh, but they have an episode. Episode number seven is called Future of the Sport, uh, which is based around racing. So we're going to go with that one. And because of this, it actually kind of brought back some memories of I remember some old TV shows that kind of had had races involved in them, mm-hmm. and I'm looking them up. One of them being <laughs> called the Brady 500, if you remember that one. Oh, 
So I, I'm going to look that one up and see if I can find it. All right. It's, it's the, the reboot of the Brady Bunch. Um, <laughs> yeah, it stars uh, it, uh, <laughs> Poker Face stars Natasha Leone uh, as Charlie Kale. Uh, in this episode, Tim Blake Nelson is Kyle Owens. You might remember him from being one of the Soggy Bottom Boys. Um, uh, Charles Melton is Davis McDowell. Uh, Leslie Silva is Donna Owens. Uh, Angel Desan- Desai is, uh, she plays Jean McDowell. And Jasmine Ayana Garvin is Katie Owens. Um, I'm not going to give away the whole thing on this one, but because uh, I, I, I want everybody to go watch it. Um, but I, I, oh, I got to do that. I got to get into the, the, the voice. I got to get into the voice here. Uh, here we go. <laughs> so I can re- read their tagline from there. While working at a go-kart complex, Charlie becomes involved in a bitter feud in an eight, between an aging race car driver and a hothead upstart whose rivalry, rivalry has explosive consequences. I, I feel like I just listened to the trailer. <laughs> uh, other than the stuttering. <laughs> but the show synopsis is this. Charlie Kale is a human lie detector who uh, is on the run from her former boss who wants revenge for the death of his son. Uh, while on the run in her 69 Barracuda, by the way, which is a nice little ride. Charlie finds herself in many situations where her intuition rights the wrongs of the people she comes across. She solves a lot of murders. Um, and she kind of sounds, and to be honest with you, she has a, a quite the delivery where it's, it's very Columbo like, which uh, I always, I find, I find humorous. <laughs> she does a great job with it. Okay. But okay. So the episode, the show starts out at a dirt track called Peachtree Speedway, where the announcers over-explain a rivalry between Kyle Owens and an aging third-generation racer, uh, Ed Davis McDowell. Why do they do that on the on the cheesy race uh, uh, announcers? If I ever make a movie based on on racing, I am not going to uh, over-explain it with the announcers. Why don't you start? Maybe start that this year when you start announcing. Just do that. Just over-explain yeah, everything? Yeah, explain everything. I already make enough enemies. I don't need to go into everybody's <laughs> life and do things. Uh, you know, I <laughs> and I, I'm sure, you know, I'm supposed to be part of the show, not all of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm not going to be an over-explainer on all that kind of stuff. Uh, I'll, I'll leave that up to a couple other people I know. I'll, I'll tell them to do it. Um, <laughs> so on the last lap, McDowell spins Owens out to win the race. Owens vents his frustrations in the post-race interview and a fight breaks out. There's swearing and everything like that. Uh, Tensions are uh, also high between Owens and his daughter, Katie, who was promised a ride for next year. But Owens stated he would, like he did his best Ric Flair, I will never retire. No. (laughs) Since Owens can't retire a loser. That's in quotation marks. Can't retire. And Owens can't retire a loser. Uh, After a quick fight in the driveway, Katie speeds off in her car. Meanwhile, back at the shop, Owens and his wife Donna are discussing event, the events that just transpired, and Owens reveals that he lost his flow. They show his hand, which is doing his best uh, Waco Kid impression lost from Blazing, blazing uh, Saddles. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but I shoot with this one. <laughs> um, uh, he admits that he has already lost the race before the green flag drops. And it's at this point when McDowell shows up with his tow truck, drives through Mrs. Owens' flowers, and pulls down their mailbox. He's kind of a jerk at that point, but uh, Owens then puts his uh, devious mind to work, hops on his ATV, makes a prank phone call to their tow truck uh, company to get a pick up a car, and uh, rigs up McDowell's car so the throttle would stick wide open in the shop. Uh, I won't give away the rest of it because it, it does get a little messy. Okay. But many things uh, in this show, despite many things, 
in this show that show a lack of research on the topic of racing. Like, uh, uh, for instance, uh, where Charlie says, just going around in circles. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's one of my favorite ones right there. How many, um, how many straightaways do races have? <laughs> according to a super fan in the stands, says uh, at one point who, was do, who videos everything, <laughs> says, here he comes down the first straightaway. <laughs> Uh, that was a another minor, one. Minor, uh, minor, yeah. Um, yeah, minor deal. It needs somebody to, you know, some kind of a script supervisor in a lot of the stuff. I give it a green flag though. It's a good, good little show, and it's first year with a lot of great actors in every episode. I mean, they, it's it's a who's who of some of the best actors out there, and the, and then some other people that you don't know. So it's sure. a good mix. All right, and uh, the people you don't know, they they hold their own with the people you do know. So That's it's cool. a, it's a good show. It's well written, other than obviously the things I just said right there. <laughs> but uh, I definitely give it a watch. It is it gets a green flag. All right. So what's up next? Well. World of Outlaws, uh, that's coming up here, and uh, they're uh, actually the late models got rained out for this weekend. But so we'll take a look at the points here. World of Outlaw late models, Chris Smoky Madden is the point leader with 840 points. Uh, Brian Shirley's in second with 826 points. Kyle Bronson in third with 820 points. And Brendan Shepard in fourth with 818 points. Max Blair in fifth, 816 points. In the sprint cars, David Gravel undefeated on the season. Has a perfect 300 points right now for uh, the first two races. He is the point leader than it is Buddy Kofoy, 292 points. Logan Schuhart, 284 points. Sheldon Hoddenshield, 274 in uh, fourth. And in fifth, it'll be Carson Macedo with 266 points. The late models will be back in action Friday, March 10th and Saturday, March 11th at Port Royal Speedway in Port Royal, Pennsylvania. The sprint cars, they're going to be racing Sunday, March 5th. And Monday, March 6th at the Volusia Speedway Park in De Leon Springs, Florida. All right. Now, now we got some fun stuff. One of my favorite things to do. This is exciting. It'll be uh, our schedule release for Buffalo River Speedway. They just they just uh, just released that one on Wednesday. Oh, this is good times. All right, let, let be before you before you tell us the schedule, let's hear uh, how much are tickets for for races out to Glendon, Minnesota. Well, our the regular ones, uh, eighteen plus uh, people that are eighteen plus, it's fifteen dollars. Kids are twelve to seventeen or ten. Kids under under uh, twelve, they're free. So you can bring your kids out there. Seniors, nice. uh, sixty five plus, that'll be ten dollar tickets out there. Um, and uh, it's a good little run track out there. Six p.m. start time every Sundays. Every Sunday out there, actually every week when they do do race, it'll be six p.m. start time. Okay. Their weekly classes are IMC Sport Mods. The Lightning Sprints, NX Legends, Short Trackers, IMCA Hobby Stocks, and Wasota Street Stocks have been added to the bill this year. With uh, Lisbon switching nights on a Cheyenne Speedway, the Wasota Street Stocks, they have a Sunday off. And we got a lot of them in the area, so they added them out there to the Buffalo River Speedway. So we'll be happy to have them on hand. Ooh. They start off in May. It'll be Saturday, May 6th. It'll be the season banquet uh, out there at the racetrack. That'll be an interesting time. Then uh, Saturday the 13th will be a test in tune. Wednesday the 17th will be another test in tune. Then Sunday the 21st will be the season opener. Wednesday the 24th will be another test in tune. Then we move on already to June, where uh, Saturday the 3rd will be an Enduro plus a Night of Destruction. Legalized automobile destruction, as as Rod Miller used to say back (laughs) in the day. Uh, Then the next day, Sunday the 4th, will be the street stock tour. So there's going to be a pile of cars for that one. Hopefully they don't end in a pile. Yeah, pile up. 
Uh, Wednesday the seventh will be another test in tune. Sunday the the eleventh it'll be a weekly uh, night ra- or weekly racing nights out there with the IMCA modifieds added. Sunday the eighteenth the same thing. Modifieds going to be there again. Then uh, Wednesday the twenty first be another test in tune. I like that. Uh, you know, every couple of weeks or so we have a test in tune mm-hmm. during the middle of the week out there, so you can shake down whatever issues you have out there and get sure. some laps in. We got a lot of kids moving up into the legends class, so they're going to look for. Any laps they can get. Right. Yeah, they they want all the time they can get out there. Seat time is a great time. Uh, then Sunday the 25th will be the Rebel Midwest Modified Tour. Move on to July. Saturday the 1st, IMCA Stock Car is going to be added with the NOSA Sprint Cars. That'll be a big night out there. Sunday the 9th, that'll be the Wissota Midwest Modifieds. Wissota Modifieds and 305 Sprint's going to be added to that one. Unfortunately, I'm going to miss that one. I'll be on the Dakota Modified Tour. Oh, sure. So here I tell Jason Tennis to come out there on the one modified <laughs> night, and I'm not even going to be there. You come out because I won't be there. <laughs> You're going to come out here and uh, come out to the racetrack I'm not going to be at? All right, awesome. Uh, Sunday the 16th, weekly race night with IMCA Modifieds. Sunday the 23rd, paint the track pink night. Uh, where uh, we it's our annual fundraiser night, so okay. that's a that's a fun one uh, to be a part of. Uh, Sunday the thirtieth will be fan appreciation night with IMCA Modifieds. That is always a big night. Uh, we bring all the cars onto the racetrack at intermission. People get to walk down on the racetrack and go talk with all cool. the drivers uh, and many other things going on throughout the night too. We move on to August Sunday the sixth. The NOSA Sprint cars come on back out to the Buffalo River Speedway. Then Sunday the 13th, the Minkota Lightning Sprint Nationals will be the championship night. That wraps up a four-night uh, race tour for them, and they uh, they do that right out the Buffalo River Speedway. Sunday the 20th will be back-to-school night. Then uh, Sunday the 27th will be season championship with the IMCA Modifieds. But wait, there's, there's more. more. September, Saturday the 2nd, we're going to have another Enduro out there, the Buffalo River Speedway. Then, of course, the return, the great, one of the greatest events in all of racing. Saturday the 9th and Sunday the 10th, the Corn Cob Nationals. Yes, sir. The 305 Sprint Cars and IMCA Modifieds, both nights going to be added to the card on that one. And then Sunday the 17th, it's a regular race night, but we're also going to have Powder Puff and Mechanics Race with uh, IMCA Modifieds also. Good times. So that'll that'll be the uh, year that we have at the Buffalo River Speedway. We are two months, little over two months from firing it up. Still too long, but we'll so get there. It's too long, but we'll get there, yes. Excellent. All right. We had a good time. We, uh, again, thank Jason Tennis for coming on and visiting with us this week. We hope you had a good time, too. We also hope that you will uh, subscribe to Checkers and Wreckers Victory Lap Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can find them at kfgo.com or where Spotify. We can find them at uh, Google Play Store, the Apple Store, all those places. You can find them, and that means... Your friends can as well. That's right. And also, I I share them on to uh, many different uh, pages, too, as yeah. well. Especially the Checkers and Wreckers with Corey Litton one uh, that uh, is the offshoot from uh, from my regular live show that we do every Thursday as of now, uh, Thursday mornings, until hockey season's done. And then we'll be moving back to uh, 6.40 a.m. on 7.90 a.m., uh, or the KFGO Morning Crew. Yep, KFGO Morning Crew, 6.40 Thursday mornings for now. Corey Litton, Checkers and Wreckers, the fastest five minutes in in, ra- in radio. Yeah, that's right, because usually it's about four. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again for joining us. Uh, we're glad you're here. We'll see you next time. Checkers and Wreckers victory lap.